Hi, welcome to Online Marketing with John Lagadakis, where we talk about how to set up and run a successful online business, all the way from registering your first domain to setting up your website, SEO, sales funnels and sales copy, social media, lead generation, free and paid traffic methods, and much more. I hope you get a lot out of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is David Ralph. Thanks for joining us, David. It is lovely to be here. It's very, very early, and I, you know, I, I haven't got my youthful look at the moment. But John, I would do it for you in a heartbeat. Not any earlier, but it's it's good to be here. Yeah, well, you're looking good for a a man that was born in 1970. Because I was reading your profile, I did read up on you before. I, I socially stalked you uh, yes. before we, we started the show. Um, I call it grooming. I call it grooming over here. You, you call it stalking and we call it grooming. Totally different thing, but it still works. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, so, uh, look, I'm so pleased to have uh, Dave on our show with us today because I, we're going to talk about uh, podcast marketing and creating a successful podcast. Because there's, there's lots of people creating podcasts these days. Uh, but Dave, he stands out because he's UK's number one podcaster. And he's the host of the most successful business, uh, one of the most successful business podcasts in the world, Join Up Dots. All right. So uh, definitely, I, I recommend you check it out, especially because he actually had me on the show as well. So definitely check out that episode, but check them all out. He does things a bit different, Dave, and it's a great show, So, which is why it's so popular and why I wanted to talk on about this topic. But before we talk about podcast marketing and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to ask Dave if he could tell us a bit about himself because I always like to know a bit more about our guests and especially those that are listening. Uh, just, yeah, who is David Ralph? Well, David Ralph is an ex-corporate trainer who basically came to the end of his corporate life feeling jaded, feeling like there must be more to life than this. And I was always somebody that had come alive when I was in front of an audience. Um, but my, my life just kind of got out of whack and I thought, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Well, never in my wildest dreams did I realize I'd be ending up doing this. But I quit my job and I became a web developer for three days until I realized I hated it. And it was all right sort of making websites for a hobby, but actually doing it for people. Oh, I, I couldn't bear it. And so I thought, I'm, I'm going to turn on a podcast. That's like being in the office. If I'm in the office, people are chatting. I'm going to turn on a podcast. And I listened to three episodes back to back. And I thought, I could do this. I could do this. I think this, this might be me. And so I went on a roller coaster ride. And uh, we're coming up to the uh, four years next April of Join Up Dots. And it has gone off like a rocket. You know, I'm absolutely delighted. But I look back on it and I can see reasons why it went off like a rocket. And that's what I'm sure that John's going to probe out of me today. So that's really me. It's somebody who had been in a corporate gig, just going through the motions for many, many years until I got to that point And I thought, there's got to be more in life. But I looked around and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. But I'm glad I powered up my microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too, Dave, because you sound good. Your audio sounds good. The video is all right. Your, your presence is okay. But no, no, just joking. But I think it's interesting. You started your podcast after I did, because I started mine, my first episode went live in December 2014. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, or 13, sorry. 
December 2013. So you've had your podcast less less time than I have. You're doing a, a whole lot better than I'm doing. And that's okay. I'm not jealous. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Actually, I, I am jealous. But uh, it's so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of comparison uh, about what, what I mean. It I, okay. Granted, I'm I don't do this full time. I, yeah. I do. I do a lot of other stuff. I have my digital marketing agency, but I definitely want to ramp up my podcast and I'm getting more serious about it. So I know I'm going to learn a lot. I know our listeners are going to learn a lot, but what, before we even talk about what you did to make your podcast a success, Dave, podcasting, how can you make a living from podcasting? There are so many ways that you can make a living from a podcast. It's untrue. Now, when I started, I just thought if I grew an audience big enough, I could put some adverts on it. And um, that would be my income stream. And actually, so I'm like some, sorry, so interrupts, like some audio adverts, you mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, just, just at the beginning where, you know, this show comes to you live from, you know, whatever. And um, I would earn money on that. And uh, when I started working along that route, I got to a point when I suddenly thought, hang on, this is a bit risky. If I have all my income based around what somebody's willing to give me and they decide that they don't want to give it to me anymore because they want to, you know, sponsor John's show, then suddenly it's gone. So I pulled away from that. And actually, even now, I have sponsors sniffing around big time. And I might go with that route, but I've got other income streams as well behind it. So once you build up an audience and an audience big enough, we all know that the majority of people aren't going to do anything with you. They just listen. They don't even leave a rating and review on iTunes. You never know who they are out there. But if you can get just 0.5 of those people to open up an email that you send out talking about certain things, then you're well to your oyster. And you can create monthly membership sites. You can create products. You can create, uh, you can write books based on the subject. You can become a public speaker. Now, all of those things have to grow. And I was very aware that I was going to do join up dots for five years without actually earning any money from it. If needed, I would be willing to have worked in supermarkets, whatever, because I see so many people kind of think, okay, I'm going to launch a podcast. And I actually was interviewing a lady yesterday and she said, um, oh yeah, my, my podcast is such a success. It's untrue. And I looked over and she'd done three episodes. I thought, you're liar. You're lying. It's not, it's not a success in any shape or form. You know, it, it takes time to get there. But so many people think that and they think that I can just launch a podcast. So I thought it was going to take about five years to grow my profile, understand the nuances of what makes a good podcast and just basically try to be as good as I can be. And I think that, John, is the key thing. If you can become as good as you can be at that one thing, then that's where the money starts coming to you. And you don't actually have to go chasing it. You're known as that person. And fortunately for me, over, well, over a couple of years, actually, people were saying to me, you're the UK's number one podcaster. Do you realize that? And I was going, oh, shucks. No, I'm not the UK's number one, you know. And then I um, asked for a LinkedIn banner to be made. And when it came back, the guy had actually put UK's number one podcaster on there. And I thought, oh, right, okay, I've got to accept that. And funny enough, from that point of accepting it, things became a lot easier. It was almost like I bought into my super talent and actually said to the world, that's what I am. And it's, it's not arrogant, it's not cocky, but I had to go through that personal growth 
to get to that point where I'd actually go, yeah, okay, you know, I, I accept that. And so there's so many income streams, it's untrue, but you do have to get an audience. You do have to become very good at it and you do need to believe in yourself. It's no good sort of like just tiptoeing around in the shadows. You've got to sort of get out there. So I literally produce episodes every day um, it, well, we used to do every day. It's now four days a week. And I sing on the shows and I do impressions on the shows and I just enjoy myself. And that is where the audience started to grow because people would come over to my show and go, not what I was expecting. This is a bit different. And then it gets a groundswell. That's how you do it, I think. Yeah, excellent advice. How long did it take for you, David? So you, you set a very realistic expectation for yourself going into it five years You've been doing it less than five years and you've already yeah. achieved great success. How long did it take before you started seeing some really good success? Because I, I think reading up, I think you did it for a while and you, things weren't going well and then things changed for you. Well, things were going well, even though it's not going as you want. And that's the thing, you know, you're gaining knowledge, you're understanding how, what does work and what doesn't work. So when you look back on it, you've got to go through that sort of perceived slow growth. And I think if it all came instantly, like you were just turning a tap on, you wouldn't be able to deal with it. You've got to sort of understand the processes. Um, so I would say it took me about a year and a bit to earn my first money from it. Basically, I'd recorded 300, 400 shows before I started being able to say to people, I've got a product and people started buying it. Now, it was, it was quite a cheap product. Looking back on it, um, it was about $500, which may seem like a lot of money to some people. But based on the content that I was putting into it and my own personal value point, and that's the key thing, when you actually look at that information I was putting into, um, it, it now goes out for thousands um, because I know that there's, there's that value in it. But it took about a year and a half really before I actually made any money. But I could have made money earlier if I believed in myself a bit more. But I was still kind of tiptoeing around. And when people would say to me, oh, what do you do for a living? I'd just go, oh, I work for myself. Um, but then I got to a point where I was in the shower, John, funnily enough. And I was thinking, if somebody asks me what I do for a living, you know, what can I say? What can I say? And I suddenly thought, I'm a podcaster. And that should have been obvious because I'd released 400 shows by then, but it hadn't. And once I said, once again, podcaster, then I thought, okay, I sell podcasting products. I sell podcasting knowledge. I sell podcasting. And you've got to get that thing. You've got to get that thing that everything hangs on because people come across to your website and if they're confused, they just dip off. So you've got to get that one thing that people go, oh, I know exactly what this is, bang. And um, I haven't been brilliant on that. So at the moment, we've got a new website being designed. We've got um, new sort of um, sales funnels being developed into it because I, I was a bit hidden. I was a bit, yeah, it's a podcaster. You should know that. But now I'm going, no, this is what I do. And um, the world recognizes that. And I noticed that on your website too that you and on your LinkedIn profile, so you've taken the knowledge that, and, and the results that you've been able to get with your podcast and you help other people achieve the same results. So that's, that's a product you can sell. Yeah. Uh, so podcasting, you can make money in the ways that you just mentioned. So just being a full-time podcaster, but you can also use it to promote your business. That's something I do with this podcast. I speak about a lot of online marketing topics because that's my business. Uh, hmm. digital digital marketing and i've been able to get clients that way which is great so you can use it in both ways you can use it in, of its own to, to earn money or you can use it with in conjunction with your business as lead generation what uh, another uh, a very important thing i think you mentioned is 
the number of shows you did before you got some, you started making some money. Uh, uh, granted, you could have done it earlier, but still, you had to, you did hundreds. Yeah. Uh, so some people, everyone does it a bit differently. Right now, I release one a week, so I've done uh, about 140, uh, released 140 uh, episodes. Mm. Uh, if uh, I've noticed that a lot of very popular podcasts, a lot of they get a lot of traction, and also with the the owner of the podcast or the host makes a lot of money. They do daily shows, so they do a lot. Like they've done hundreds and over over a thousand shows. So that, I think that's a contributing factor. It can be the number, how frequently you're releasing content. Not necessarily though. There, are, I know there are some very successful podcasters that do, do it once a week. So it's not just a frequency, but I think that can definitely help. What's some? Um, yeah. Just jump into there because yes. when I, when I started. Um, a podcast has to be based around what the audience wants. Now, some of the podcasters that do um, daily, um, their shows are about 22 minutes, 25 minutes, very small, bite-sized chunks. And um, when I launched, I did a daily show, and mine was about an hour and 10, hour and 15. Every single day, I was releasing another big show. And so on the 365th anniversary, I actually became the guest of my show and I got a, a, a somebody else to host it, uh, a guy in America called Dwayne. And afterwards, I wrote out to my audience and I said to them, you know, what do you want from Join Up Dots for the next year? And they went, less of it less of it we can't keep up with it every day there's another hour to listen to <laughs> so i think the success of the show isn't about doing it daily it's not about doing it weekly monthly whatever it's doing it what your audience wants hmm. so if you're doing something like online marketing it's perfectly acceptable if your audience wants a really good show every friday to just do once a week you know um i don't think it has anything to do with amount quantity in any shape or form although i did three years ago and i was just churning it out churning out churning it out mm. yeah excellent advice you know you help uh people to create and release their own podcasts mm. um what let, let's start where do we start so for those that are interested in again in, in using a podcast either they want to do it full-time that's what they want to do for a living or they want to help it uh, use it to promote their existing business, yeah. where do they get where do they get started, Dave? Well, I think the second route is the best by far. You know, when I launched, I launched a podcast to grow into a business. And I can see that that is a much longer route because you haven't got anything to add on to it. You know, you're speaking on a subject, but you didn't have any products to sell. So then I had to build the products I had to. So that's very, very difficult. And I would really say if there's anyone out there that is in a job, they're listening to podcasts and thinking, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Launch a podcast and make lots of money. Seriously think about it because all the people that are making a ton of money have teams around them or they're big organizations, you know, so really think that. if you've got a business already, I would say if you haven't got a podcast on it, what are you doing? You know, really, because we all know the power of webinars. We all know the power of that sort of interactive. I just think of a podcast is like a daily, weekly webinar. You're going into people's ears. Every single day, you're producing free content, free content. It's like a sort of live email marketing. And I don't really sell in many regards, but then I have people come through to me and go, oh, David, I listened to that show. And then I've already opened that communication. And I go back to them and I just talk. And I don't sell 
it just naturally occurs. So I think if you have got a business and you haven't got a podcast on it, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But if you are looking as a podcast as the business, it's hard work. It really is hard work. And I didn't realize how hard it was going my route. Now it's a lot easier because I'm successful, you know, so um, a lot of the issues that I've had have gone. But those are the two ways I would say business you've already got get a podcast on it and don't sit there scaredy cats thinking you know oh i don't know how to do it the technical aspect and stuff easy it is easy you just have to churn out the content and get better at it yeah you can and you can easily outsource the technical stuff i mean i when i first got started and even to even today i do a lot of the technical stuff just to give people an idea uh, there is quite a lot of work involved so you've got to find guests you've got to prepare your guests you've got to do the interview itself you've got to then edit it you've got to upload it to your wherever you're hosting that like Libsyn or whatever amazon s3 you've then got to create the uh, in wordpress so i uploaded into wordpress so you've got to you've got to publish an article that gives a description of the show a bit of the transcript links and all that kind of thing one episode can take anywhere, well, because I'm so pedantic or whatever, I don't know how long it might take you, Dave, takes me around could easily five hours. Like really? all the, from, from beginning to end, everything I've just mentioned. I, I, I did one yesterday, but I came up to my recording studio and it's gone live today called Success Principles. And I thought to myself, what should I talk about today? Success Principles. And so I turned on the microphone and I just talked um, that was a 22 minute episode afterwards that took me maybe three minutes to actually do all that. I wrote a quick article on it and I was done in about half hour. Yeah. See, that's, 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 and that's, I'm so happy you mentioned that like myself, when I'm editing a episode, I'm so pedantic about pauses and, you know, the, you know, the long, uh, you knows and arms and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm you know, editing all that kind of stuff out. I always say, John, at the beginning, I hear these stories that people edit shows and it's two and a half hours per, and I go through everything and edit it all out. If you're in a pub having a conversation, you, you don't edit yourself, you just talk. And it's great because it's back and forth and it's natural. But I think that what people should do is edit themselves. Be aware of it. Now, every single show I've, of mine, I've listened to maybe four times. So I've done, what, nearly a 1,000 shows? I've listened to 4,000 shows. Number one, it gets you past that bit that people say to me, um, oh, I never listen to my shows. I don't like listening to myself. What? If you don't like listening to yourself, why should anybody else like listening to yourself? <laughs> um, and secondly, you should think about how you talk. So I was fortunate. I came from a speaking background. So I used to be up in the city of London, standing up, doing these courses and stuff. So I was naturally able to communicate. But you still have the you knows and the buts and, the, and all those kind of pause words. And just be aware of it. Listen back to it and edit yourself. Train yourself. Because literally now I just go and I hardly ever but or um or whatever. And so it's made my editing process better. So don't think that you can polish it afterwards. Polish yourself while you're doing it and really become a student of being able to talk constantly without ums and ahs. And it just clears it all off. I'm a great believer in that you do the editing, you do everything while you're doing it. 
So in my show, I play all the clips at the same time. Everything's going into the mix. And at the end of it, I just go bump, bump, bump and upload it. Brilliant. So John, I would say to you, be aware of how you talk in natural life. When you're in the kitchen, you know, and you're saying to your wife, would you like a cup of tea? Listen to yourself and really focus on it. And when you are in a pub or you're with friends, be aware of how you're talking because little by little you get better at it. And that is how a podcast starts. Yeah, excellent advice. Thanks so much for that, Dave. How about the format of a show? Every show is going to be different, but can you give some recommendations or suggestions on intro, outro, what you should be doing in the middle, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think um, don't listen to any other shows. To start, um, just get an idea in your head and think to yourself, I've got a blue canvas, you know, I, I can, the blue sky, I can do anything I want. Now, when I launched my podcast, because I'd kind of listened to three shows and then thought, okay, I could do this, in my head, there was only three shows out there. And it wasn't like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands. So I hear so many people nowadays who kind of replicate other people's shows. So when I started, I had a totally different jingle than I have now. So I had the music and it, it's, I've started bringing it back funnily enough. And when I played it, it was, um, welcome to join up that amazing conversation. And it was like this kind of happy little jingly kind of guitar kind of stuff. And I had a guy who was about episode 44 and he said, David, can I tell you, I, I don't think the music matches up to the quality of your podcast. And I went, oh, don't you, you know. So I paid for a more dramatic one to be done. But now I think to myself, it's my show. I could have just kept it as it is. So I've started sort of bringing things back. So play with it. Play with it. If you want a long intro, a small outro, but it's basically music, you, music at the end but the key thing is the prime real estate as i call the call to action at the end the call to action is where you've got to take the traffic that's listening to you to a point where they click on your facebook group or they email you or, or they you get them and i see that is you know i i missed out on thousands and thousands of um email opt-ins at the beginning because i was just recording like a radio show and there wasn't any connect with me. So why would people do it? You know, I listen to radio in the UK and I never then email them or I never connect with Facebook. I just turn the radio on, listen to it and that's it. So you've got to have that prime real estate and that is just before the end saying to people, connect with us, connect with us on Facebook, connect with us on here because you want to own the traffic and that's all you've got. Now, just sort of running on a little bit, what I made a huge mistake with as well was I wasn't focused enough on the content. So when people came across to me, I just had this big bucket of emails and I didn't then know how to talk to them in the language that they wanted. Because with my show, some people are interested in the, the travel ones. Other people are interested in the online business. Some people are. And so with the new website being designed, we've got individual sales funnels, basically. So if you're interested in travel, click on here and we're going to provide you laser content. And so when I can email out to them, I will know exactly how to talk to them. And I think that was the big mistake that I made at the beginning. So you've got to go music, you, real estate, music, but be aware of it's only getting the traffic. Don't leave the traffic floating around. Get it to somewhere that you can then control it. Yeah, very important advice. And I think another very golden nugget you gave there was about being yourself because when you try to sound like everyone else, why is anyone going to listen to you? 
Mm. When you think about all the successful, let's say, music stars out there, they're very unique. The really popular ones, they don't sound like everyone else because why are we going to listen to them? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, it, was, it was funny. I was, there was someone on Facebook that does interviews, gets people onto podcasts as guests. That's their job. Yeah. And they made a comment. They said, if I listen to one more new podcast that begins, hello, something, something nation. Yes. <laughs> so, every, yeah. so everyone's copying uh, John Lee Dumas because that's, yeah. you know, f- uh, entrepreneur on fire. He'll, he'll, he'll begin hello fire nation or something like that. Yeah. And so people are copying that. <laughs> and that was an excellent comment. It's so true. So uh, I think that's great advice. What you said Don't I mean, it's good to listen to what other people are doing, but uh, uh, to get to get ideas, but you have to be unique. You have yeah, to be yourself. You, 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 you know, mine is, I haven't tested this, but I would imagine mine is the only business show where the host will sing halfway through or do impressions or just have a laugh. And at the beginning, that was my idea of the show, John. I thought to myself, what I want to do, I want to do a blend of business and entertainment. So even if somebody doesn't get a lot from the content, I kind of enjoy it. And I thought that's the way of doing it. And so when I used to be a corporate trainer and I used to do a course on like money laundering to big financial experts, I used to then, after the content, play who wants to be a money launderer, like who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> and they, they would come out and they would enjoy it, but they would get the content. So I wanted to do mm-hmm. the same thing on mine. But with mine, it took a long time before the guests were ready for that and I realized because they were used to coming along and getting the same kind of questions and stuff so when I started asking them you know what did you do you think Yoda is a goblin or you know and it was like this this hasn't anything to do with the content but now people are more willing to go with it so my show has got a sort of natural bounce but yeah you just play you just play and just enjoy yourself and the enjoyment comes out because you go across, as you say, you know, yeah, hello, Master Blaster Nation, you know, it's great. And some people sound bored recording it and you think, oh, perk it up, you know, this is your chance to get your voice across the world. You know, if you can't enjoy that, then you shouldn't be doing something. But I do think that you, you, you take a theme from what you like about a show. If it's a free-blowing conversation, do that. If it's something that's very bullet-pointed, if it's very factual information, but then just turn everything off and don't listen to podcasts. And I literally, it's, I don't listen to any podcasts. I listen to myself. And I, I listen to myself constantly, constantly, constantly. But I just don't want to listen to anybody else because, number one, the quality is bad. You know, the audio quality is a killer. Um, and they just sound like they're just going through the motions. And I never wanted that. You know, you here, were here on time. You were professional. You were ready for it. You know, you could sense that. But some people that I get interviewed by literally sound like, I don't know, they're doing me a favor or something. I, I don't know what it is, but they haven't got that kind of, this is my job, I'm selling myself, and it's a way of making leads and sort of bring money into my business. I, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Let, let's talk, Dave, about sit, getting yourself set up to, to do it like with, uh, with the equipment that you need. I do mine in my home. You do yours in your home. Is that right? No, nope, I, I actually built a recording. It's really weird because my setup... Um, it's great audio, but I hardly spent anything on the technical equipment, but I spent thousands building an actual recording studio. 
So this here was actually custom built. It's a brick built studio at the back of my garden because I knew in my house it was going to be, uh, who's in the toilet? Are you, you know, and it was all those kind of house noises. Yeah, that's so, what happens. That's what happens well, to me. Everyone's got to be quiet when, when dad's on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I can just come up here and nobody comes up here at all. You know, it's just dead mm -hmm. quiet. So the actual, the, the equipment, $150 or something, you know, but that's what I did. I built a whole recording studio because I knew this was going to be it. This was my one chance. I was going to become a podcaster. So I had to have the setup. Yeah. Any tips for audio setup as far as type of the mic to get? Because I, I, I know you mentioned before we got started, you have a, you put cloth up around yeah. you to yeah. dampen the, the, so you don't get that echo and that really helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a towel. It doesn't look good, but there's a towel in front of me because with rooms, um, you have, you know, if you go into a bathroom, classic example, a bathroom, we all sing in the bathroom because it sounds like Madison Square Garden. It's all echoey and it's brilliant, you know. And if you go into an empty house, it's all echoey until you put carpet in and furniture and stuff. And a lot of people have um, office space that is very straight walls and so the sound bounces off. So one of the first things that you should do, now I haven't got it set up like here, but I have a towel in front of me and I have this purple sheet that you can see here draped behind me so I'm in a kind of little cloth cupboard and that means that there's there should be no sort of ambient echo and I hate that in a podcast where it sounds like they're sitting in a cave first of all um, for equipment if you'd asked me this three years ago I would have said you know get a really good microphone because you know you, you need to now the microphone that I'm talking into which is there was about $60 it's an ATR2100 Logitech um, microphone I, I wouldn't go beyond that. You can go to $300, $400, you know, and there's no point. The audio quality at this level is good enough. But now you can get the headphones like you have in call centers when you see people and they've got the headphones and the little microphone. They have improved massively. And what I like about them is it's just a USB cable plugged straight into your computer. Um, but then you can pick up sort of the fan sounds on, on your audio and stuff. So it's best to do it, but you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. But the biggest thing that I would say is this thing. I don't know if you've got one of these. Can I just pull my webcam down? A tiny little mixer. Now, that is the absolute bomb. Now, that was about $35. It's a tiny little one. I see people that have stuff that's really complicated, but I just have two avenues in, um, the guest and myself. And what is great about that, and it works brilliantly, is there's a gain setting. So what I mean by that is a microphone operates in two ways. It operates on volume and it op operates on sensitivity. And so if you imagine you have a microphone set up to fall, I'd be recording myself and I'd be recording the people outside and stuff because it's just kind of set up for maximum effect. So when I record my show, I have the gain turned down. So it means that it only records this area but I get my mouth into it and it records all the bass and ambience high. That is the best thing for a podcaster. And that will help with people being quiet in the house because they don't actually have to be that quiet because you're only recording this kind of area where I'm sitting here, get your mouth into it, turn the gain function down. So $160, you would be up and running podcasting. Now, what I would say to everybody is go as simple as possible. If you can do it with a microphone into a mixer, 
into your PC, two wires, go with that. After that, if you then want to get sexy and have things flashing around and like a radio station, which I see people do, progress, progress, but don't set it up. And I know so many podcast trainers out there that teach. So it's just too complicated. And they're, they're, they spend all their time talking about audio buzz from the wires and, and all this kind of ambience echo. Get rid of that. If you've got too many wires, then you're going to get audio buzz. So don't have too many wires. I just think go as simple as possible and then build it up to something you want. Thanks for that advice, Dave. Really appreciate it. How about let's move on to production. So software that you would use to mix your intro and outro or and, and also where do you host your file? Do you use Libsyn or a different service? Yeah, I use two services to host. Now, the first one I use is Libsyn, and that's for my main show, okay? And um, that is, it's kind of convenience. It was the first one that was told to me. And so basically, when you record a podcast, you create it as an MP3 file, and then you place it into a hosting site who basically look after it, and then they give you a little link. And that link you share with the world, and when everyone clicks on that, it points to the hosting and then plays your file. Now, some people make the mistake of thinking they've got to host it on their website, which is great when no one's listening to you, and if you suddenly have a million people clicking on that link, you're... you're bandwidth is going to be a killer and you'll be skint within seconds you know especially if you're doing a video podcast so the cheapest way is get the file you create it on your computer and you put it onto a hosting site now with join up darts because i've done so many i now have archive shows and they're pointed on a different host only because he was giving up to 300 hours for three dollars a month and so i thought wow you know, I'm not going to pay for another big account. I'm just going to have that. And so when I do another archive show, I'm going to have another host, all for the sort of small $3, you know, um, instead of going the full, full whack. With Libsyn, what I like about it, it has extra functionality. With just a click, you can have your show go live on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Google Play, on Android devices. It literally goes, and it sort of sends it everywhere, which is brilliant for you. And once it gets to that point, it, it takes on a life of its own. I, I Google sometimes my show, and I find it on platforms I didn't even know I was on. Um, yesterday, I found one called Acast, which I wasn't really aware of. And they're, they're on there, and I'm on TuneIn Radio, and I'm on LinkedIn Radio, and all these kinds of different things. So it kind of, people want your content, and this is the key thing. People want your content, and they want to put it on their own platforms. So you record it once, and you start blasting it out, and little by little, it just goes everywhere. Now, if the content is good, people will start coming back to you. If the content is good, people will share and go, yeah, did you, hear that? you're interested in online marketing, aren't you? There's this bloke in Australia, John, he shows great. That's when it starts taking on. But at the beginning, it's very much, it's you, the cat and your mum listening to it. But little by little, it sort of explodes. So yeah, web hosting, really good. And uh, what was the other one you asked, John? Uh, how, do you, how do you create your MP3 file that, you, that you're oh, uploading? Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. There's, there's three ways of doing it. I actually use a service called Camtasia, which is like a video-based, only because when I was in corporate land, I used to have to make these little training videos. So I had this recording software in front of me. Now, I still use that because I'm too cheap to actually um, uh, buy anything else. But there is a device I really like, which I actually train out on, and I teach my, my 
students to use and it's called a mix pad and what I like about it is you can have multiple channels so the microphone goes into one the sound clips go into another one um, the guest goes into another one and by keeping it all isolated it's much easier to keep the sound clean so I know that my audio is going to be great I know the sound clips are going to be great the guest might be a bit sort of if iffy so i can just fiddle around with that and make sure that that's good and i like that ability to actually have multiple tracks so there's a lot of free software out there you can use audacity um you can use um mixpad as i say i use camtasia which is a paid one um but it's the, the the key thing is you don't want to have it all on one track because then it just becomes a mix of dodgy sound and white noise. It just sounds awful. And I, I hear so many people say to me, oh, yeah, yeah, we all, we all just log into a, a handheld device and it's brilliant. And I go and listen to it. It's not brilliant. It's not brilliant at all. And people will only put up with that so much. What I always say, John, is think about old media. Base, base your show on old media. If you're on the radio and you're going, tune, 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 and you've got a, um, a radio station that's all with noise in the background, you wouldn't listen to it, you know? And I like to think now, because our shows can be streamed in cars, people can go click, 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 click. And if they hit a podcast and they don't notice any difference between that and the radio station that they were listening to before, that's where you aim for. You don't aim for what other people are doing in podcasts because a lot of it's crap you aim for what radio stations are doing. So base it around that. You can't go too far wrong. Yeah, thank you. I use Audacity, um, which allows to do multiple tracks, like you mentioned. That's r really good, um, which I know you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that software as well. So I, I appreciate everything you shared with us. They've been very, very valuable. I've learned a lot. There's some tips, definitely things I could be doing better with my podcast I've learned from today. I'm, I'm sure our listeners have heard a I learned a lot as well. Is there anything before we end today? Is there any other tips or advice that you haven't mentioned yet or that you maybe want to emphasize that you have talked about that's important for you? Yeah, I think the key thing is, and this is a big message, this is the message of everything. It's not, although we've been talking about blasting your information across the world, it's not about spread, it's about focus so for example if i'm creating an online marketing show try and find people that have got online marketing platforms and then say to them you know i've got this content i will give it to you for free can we put it on people are looking for easy ways of creating content and somebody once said to me you know if you were the word congregation, when you hear that, you think of church. And when you think of church, you know that Church of England are going to go to that church. Um, Roman Catholic are going to go to that church, you know, whatever. And if you had a product that you thought this would be perfect for the Roman Catholics, you wouldn't go into the Church of England and vice versa. And I think that is where money comes into it really easily. When you get your content and you don't think about just spreading it across the world, you go, who would be most interested in this and actually strategically place that? Now, you may not get hundreds and hundreds of millions of customers, but I would much rather not have a global show if every single person is buying off me, really. And that's what I would do. Think about what your content is, who is your listener, and where you can put that content for maximum effect for your business. And that will take so much pressure off you for everything else because you'll just know, 
I'm producing, there you go, and then I can do another one and produce it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Dave. See, this is why he's UK's number one podcaster. Everything you share with us has been fantastic. You even did a little bit of singing for us today, which I appreciate. Makes me feel special. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you did. Well, if you didn't, um, you could definitely end the show that way. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will sing an ending, yeah. That's right. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. Look, thanks, uh, thanks so much. Uh, so we've listened to David Ralph, the host of Join Up Dots, yep. which is uh, you can find on all great podcast networks, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, again, so thanks so much. Really appreciate you being here Absolute on the show pleasure. with us, uh, Dave. And I want to thank everyone as well for joining us on today's episode. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm releasing valuable and up-to-date content and interviews. Also, there is a transcript of today's episode as well as links to all the resources we mentioned on my website, johnlegadakis.com. On my website, you'll also find a lot of great free resources to help you get more traffic and leads for your business as this is my specialty, i.e., helping local businesses generate leads through Facebook and AdWords campaigns. My website again is johnlegadarkus.com. Thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is John Legadarkus signing off. I'll see you next time.